RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 5, Episode 9, Sawyer's Inc. Memo, December 19th, 1967. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Hey, welcome back, Star Trek fans. Hey, listen, a special breed of Star Trek historical fan, you're going to have a treat this week. I mean, who doesn't love toys? Wonderful series that you may have caught recently, The Toys That Made Us, and some of our Star Trek uh, luminaries have been on that. We've got... We're going to dive the Trek Files into the toy arena this week. Um, so listen, uh, check us out, as always, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Trek Files. That's where our document of the week is, as always. Check it out, but you could also catch a sample right here. Stay tuned, and then I'll be right back with this week's guest. In connection with a possible merchandising arrangement with Sawyer's Inc., Viewmaster, on Star Trek, a still photographer arranged for by Sawyer's worked on the Star Trek set on Friday, December 15th, Monday, December 18th, and Tuesday, December 19th. Pursuant to an oral agreement with Robert Johnson of Sawyer's Inc., Portland, Oregon, they have agreed to pay the cost of the stand-in still photographer of $72.93 for each of the three days. Will you please see that Sawyer's is billed for this standby photographer as soon as possible? All right. Oh, Star Trek fans, this is, uh, is going to be a fun week, but I also sense that we might need to do a little education here, <laughs> even in the toy arena side of things. So I want to dive right into this. Uh, I, this, I want to get a good 3D look at this one, folks. Uh, so who better to have in as our guest this week than uh, our good friend, friend of the show, and producer of the show. <laughs> you know him from Mission Log, Mission Log Live. John Champion, come in here and let's have some fun with this. Hey, you uh, You picked a fun one. This is a good one. This speaks to Hey, you me know what? The way it, this world has been these last few weeks and months, yeah. I'm ready for a little fun here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need and, the break. And and as a collector, and and I have this thing that we're talking about today. I do, today, too. So I do, too. Yeah, yeah. So this is exciting. Viewmaster. I would think there might actually be some people in our audience who don't know what a Viewmaster is. So we're talking about about the little, the classic, the red mm-hmm. and white little stereoscopic viewer. You drop in a disc. It's got seven images, but duplicated. So 14 total, but you see seven stereo images, 3D, which uh, absolutely, you know, blew my five-year-old mind. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, Sawyer's throws it here. That was the corporate name. So, yeah. View, you're, see, you say the red and white. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, they were kind of a gray, gray, like a chocolate gray brown. It was mm. very. It was before the primary explosion. Right. Before right, right. NBC had, had all those uh, had all those uh, black those color TVs to uh, sell Star right. Trek two on. Right. And Mike, I didn't have. I have one that came in a square cardboard box. It was my grandmother's. That was a very dour. You know, greatest generation depression, World War Two era. It was it was like a dark brown, and mm-hmm. it and it hinged at the bottom. I know I'm getting in the weeds here. You didn't you didn't slide them in from the top. You had to open it up, put the whole oh, disc, and then the like in, close right. it back up. Yeah. But no, I yes, and the kachunk 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 as you advance <laughs> right. the wheel around. But in a world before, forget digital. Before in a world where you didn't have captured media, 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Viewmasters were awesome. What's funny is when I was a kid, I had several, you know, we had several of them. And I didn't realize uh, until checking, but I grew suspicious thinking about Star Trek here. So we, you, you can do some basic research. You can find, the company's been around for ages. And I'm sure out of the gate, they were all about educational and travel topics. They I mean, were. I, they it, yeah, Specifically, yeah. they were about travel. And, and what's interesting is that so the company started – um, well, Viewmaster debuted in 1939 at the World's Fair, mm-hmm. where where everything premiered. <laughs> the World's Fair it was in New a York. future, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. television. But but yeah. prior to that, Sawyer's was purchased um, by uh, another gentleman, Mr. Mayer, who uh, who purchased a controlling interest in this company. It was a very very small photo finishing company. Um, so that that was it, and took over the assets, and they just made they made postcards travel photos, that kind of oh, thing, okay. and then okay. slowly got into this idea of, hmm, could we do a stereoscopic thing? They had applied for a patent by the time, by like 1938, and just said, well, mm-hmm. we, we have to debut this at the 39 World's Fair, of course. They didn't actually get their patent until a year later or two years later, and then that just opened up the floodgates to make yeah. the uh, the Viewmaster, yeah. So while we're yeah while we're while we're getting everybody up to speed with Viewmasters, just to say, mm-hmm. what, you can go back to oh I know the Music Man was written about 1960, but it's about like the 1890s, the 1910s, and there's a line in there about stereopticon viewers. I mean, yes. I remember yeah. my grandmother having they had the big wooden rack that you held like by a handle, and they had long they were like long longitudinal cards. I don't know six eight inches wide. That was the Viewmaster idea. You right, had two right. images on each end. Oh, this was kind of a big, clunky manual insert the big card. Yep. Viewmaster made it small, and oh, it was so refined and, and streamlined. Yeah, yeah. They did yeah. it in Bakelite. And, a, and, and the, yeah. the trigger, yes, Bakelite yeah. and plastic. Yeah. And all these titles. Now, what's funny is by the time I was, I was a kid, um, here's Star Trek. Now we're back to Star Trek. <laughs> right, right. Somewhere along the way, they figured out, duh. That with with the baby boom, with you know the the boom of TV and film, all their li- they would license titles like Star Trek, like Batman, like Mission Impossible, others, and for some reason those were selling way bigger than their. Yeah. Well, I can tell you where that started. So, 1951, they took over oh, okay. TrueView, which had the uh-huh. Disney license. So, oh, there we go. Yeah, yes. So imagine this. So 1951, you take over <laughs> a company that has that who's your competitor. They had the Disney license. Disneyland opens in 1955. Forget selling these travel and educational yes. things. We've got Disney now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, of course, with uh, color TV. I mean, why not? You just mentioned it. Batman, Mission Impossible, Star Trek. Um and what I love about Viewmaster, I think what's so interesting here is we're talking about this period, particularly in the 60s, that mm-hmm. is the heyday for them creating content. They're actually creating the slides that they used as opposed to in the yes. later years going back and taking existing stills and just sort of monkeying with them enough to give you a little bit of a stereoscopic view. No, no these are actually photographed in 3D. Yes. So as yes. we have here in the memo, they send down a photographer to be there on set as they're filming the show to take stereoscopic pictures that then end up in the Viewmaster slide. So they're similar, but they're not exactly the same as what you would see in the show. 
and now here we are at Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. So so and just for the just for um for for uh, grins here. So Emmett, we've got some names on this memo as a memo in the Trek files. So um, Emmett G. Lavery had been an entertainment attorney. This is a time also mm-hmm. when this is all entertainment law was oh pretty rarefied and who even knew what that was and might have even been you know in some quarters laughed at as a field of law. Ha, not anymore. But uh, at the time, he was um, he wound up being the the Desilu and then the Paramount attorney. This is December '67. Paramount has just bought Desilu, and not that Desilu was averse to looking for deals, but licensing wasn't a thing. There wasn't this huge army of licensing agents looking for merchandise tie-ins. It was still a wild west arena, right? Um, and this, you know, deals would walk in the door like the A&T model kit. You know, hey, we'll build you a <laughs> shuttlecraft replica if you let us do the model kit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and that, and aside from, you know, like the infamous Spock helmet, you know, with the siren on top, the goofy <laughs> stuff. Right. But this at least was a legit, everybody knew Viewmaster. So this comes walking in the door. Yeah. Uh, surely, surely Stanky is business affairs. at Paris. So they're coordinating. Right. And, and you know, we're going to pay you. To let right. our photographer come in and take a bunch of pictures. This is a win-win. And I actually, so they paid seventy-two ninety-three per day for this photographer as of our recording here in twenty twenty. That's more than five hundred dollars a day, which is actually you know not a bad rate for a not professional bad. photographer walking in yes. on a set. So that's about fifteen hundred dollars worth of uh, worth of work for this photographer. He gets to hang out on set, take some pictures. And then Viewmaster takes over to actually create the slides. And, and you know, getting into this, I had no idea Viewmaster was still a thing. It's apparently owned by Fisher Price now. Yep. They're still going. Yeah. Yay on them. I haven't had little kids in a while, so there we, maybe I should take that into consideration as a gift idea now as we get around. Look, this is so – what a retro gift idea here in 2020. But, but in 1967 – all this whole uh, this this whole convergence here of Paramount's the new owner. They're looking for deals. It's new eyes on business, um, and star- and they know the other thing is they know Star Trek is a hit with the kids. We all as kids and collectors now alike, at, kids at the time, well, adult kids, we all know. You know, I was talking about the, the Spock goofy siren helmet. We right. all know that merchandising was not a big thing when we were kids. Even into the seventies and eighties. There was a dearth of Star Trek toys. You had the model kits, maybe action figures, not a whole lot else. But here's Viewmaster. Yeah. And if they're shooting at independently researched here, if they're at Batman and they're at Mission Impossible, they're keeping up with what the cool kids want. They know. They're ahead of the curve, it seems to me, knowing the potential of Star Trek, right? This is two years before anybody's sticking it on afternoon TV on local stations. And so good on them for seeing the potential Right. Right. But but the biggest the biggest mystery of all, and it's not really a mystery, (laughs) is me, 12 year old me and uh, 2020 me Uh sitting here going the Omega glory. I know. I know. Really? The Omega glory. And 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 they promise more on the packaging. It says there will be more. And there's not from the original (laughs) series. Not from the original. It turns out it's just. What was, you know, it's like the luck of the draw. It's just like what was going down at the, it's like when the trading cards years years later, uh, when Skybox would do their trading card sets and they'd come to the, you know, they do, that was an independent photographer case and the licensee got to do it. 
And it was just, hey, what's going on at the time? What is the episode they're shooting? What are they in conference on? Were the designers designing? It's just the luck of the draw, what you, the snapshot in time that you get. And in this case, right. it's the Omega Glory. But as you said, it's an independent photographer shooting independently. Later on, on their own, on their own turf, they would cheapen that. But here at the time, yeah. they're hiring yeah. a guy to go take. And some of the some of the photos we forget are awesome. The one there's one of of, of George and Nichelle just on the bridge, sitting in chairs. And, and apparently, she has her yes. script in her. You lap. can see her yes. script in her lap, and they're kind of, they're somewhere between like posing, acting for the picture in a made up moment. But there right. she has her script in her. It was perfect. It's a wonderful, you know, addition to what we do have, which is a scarcity anyway from that time. But. Uh, yeah. yeah, to think that there's a 3D cameraman standing there taking, you know. So we we mock Omega Glory, but at this point, <laughs> any <laughs> any addition so. to the photo record, you know, is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it, it's interesting to note here that uh, this packaging and this set of Viewmaster is known for another thing, which is that 3D image of mm -hmm. the Enterprise and the Exeter in space. So Which we're talking about how Viewmaster would actually, yeah, yeah, right, right, and, and they would actually create these scenes. So I, I just side tangent here. I'll go back to one of my favorite uh, Viewmaster reels that I have, <laughs> which is the twenty thousand oh, leagues under oh, the sea yeah. set, right? But those are all created in house as maquettes, as models based on the Disney film. So they it's didn't have a photographer yes. there shooting stereoscopic and it's great and it's these little like puppets mm -hmm. almost and every single scene is shot in 3d on a stage well in this case we have everybody being shot in real life uh on the set of star trek but <laughs> we need we have to have a right, shot of right, the enterprise right. come on we and have we're not to running have a into the, the lab enterprise. to pull so a digital still in these days it's not quite that easy no right, right. you can't do that exist. yeah yeah so I love that they actually went to the trouble to get the three-foot Enterprise mm -hmm. model, the production model, and an AMT kit to be in the background to use as the exeter. And that is this iconic shot from the cover, as you said, of the right. Viewmaster set. It's a great image. It, it's sort of that it, – it, it's a little bit mm -hmm. toy-like. It's very toy-like. It's yeah. very toy-like. Yeah, but but it happens to look really great and gives you immediately a sense yep. of the dimension that you're about to see. When and you, when I you break it just dawned on me. I knew all these dots. I love collect, uh, connecting the dots. What's great about this is they're talking about it being the three footer. It's more like it's the two two and a half foot. But that's the model that's disappeared. That's the model that we have. No, so here we've right. got a nice right. another photographic angle, a three D, a, a three quarter view, and a three D angle of it. But the idea that they would yeah. do that and do what. What they did with the Exeter, with with the, the Doomsday Machine, and get an AMT model kit and use for that yeah, distant yeah. model. It was it was completely what it's. We're sitting here talking about this. You right. know, now that I think about it, Viewmaster they were no dummies at the time, and and at the same time, the late sixties, early seventies, peanuts were big, and they would take maquettes of peanuts figures and re you know the peanut Charlie Brown and Lucy and Linus and yeah. Snoopy. I mean, it was yeah, a, yeah. the the fact that they would take well, budget and be creative with here in the Star Trek moment and. These other your your thirty thousand three uh, three thousand leagues under the sea twenty thousand <laughs> inflation twenty thousand yeah well well no but, but that's what I love is like he, here's this toy essentially but they're going mm -hmm. to the trouble of doing some production on it they're they're doing some production work and 
you know, a show like Batman is perfectly suited for this because mm-hmm. you have these bright primary color sets, colorful costumes. Star Trek again, Omega Glory, Val Bam, weird, yeah, right, right, uh, weird <laughs> for Omega Glory to be uh, to be their their episode that they land on, um, but yeah, actually going to the trouble to capture it as new content and be able to fill in with models or maquettes wherever you have to, or create that wholly. Uh, we'd be remiss before we end today if we didn't mention that there is a Viewmaster set based on the animated series called uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Spock's Time Trek. Time Trek. Uh, A.K.A. Time Trek. <laughs> Yesteryear. Yeah, yeah. Yesteryear, yes. But again, another medium perfectly suited for Viewmaster. Yeah. But with some newly hand-drawn stills. Yes. Again. So Filmation actually created original cells for them to use. Uh, Which is so, amazing. But there's yeah. the beauty of your animation. And one thing I had forgotten, if I even knew this at all, was they, they were – Viewmaster was, I guess, an ongoing thing and paying money on licenses enough that there's a motion picture and a Wrath of Khan right. set. And, and one next-gen episode, A Matter of yes. Honor. Um, the, the only kind of the downside is, though, by the time right. we get into the 80s, uh, that's when Viewmaster is not creating this original they're, photographic content. They're going they're, they're cheaping they're, out. Yeah, they're getting stills. Yes. They're yeah. pulling a few tricks and they're like, oh, OK, we'll make this half of the image look a little more distant than that half of the image. See, it's like it's the downside of having technology get better. You start leaning on the technology versus putting in the elbow grease up front and just doing it. We'll do it manual. We'll do it. Manual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it analog. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's it's always you know, when you're a kid, you're laughing. I mean, well, when you're a kid, you're you're thinking it's cool. Oh yeah. Then you get older, yeah. and you're sneering at it being the Omega Glory. But now <laughs> we can look back and see. Um, we're just glad to have this at all. Yeah. This is a record and a piece of Americana. And so, yes, for everybody, I don't know, under thirty, under thirty-five. Um, I guess maybe I don't have to explain what Viewmasters are. Maybe maybe they're still maybe. a thing. They're just lost in the pantheon of video games and everything else cool that kids can do now. Well, and, you know, they, they adapted before where they started doing Talking Viewmaster. Right, right, right. Film strips, and it sounds like they're adapting again by doing things that have some digital component, virtual reality component. So good for them. I, I don't want to see that completely lost to history. Uh, oh, yes, yes. And believe me, anybody who was on stage shooting 3D photography <laughs> in yeah. the 60s of our Star Trek, uh, yeah, good on them. And these little these nuggets of almost buried history. Oh, and the, the little booklets, too. Or It's just the synopsis of the story. There's but, not but making of. They're good. They're actually, mm-hmm. I, I had forgotten about that, that there is really a fully fleshed out text component to all of this. So <laughs> I guess the in idea is you, you sit there and you read a full page of text and then look at one <laughs> slide and then put it down and read another full page of text. <laughs> I know, I know. No, but I had like John Glenn's Mercury Flight on the oh, Viewmaster. cool. Uh, you know, which were, wasn't licensed. But anyway, no, yeah. Viewmaster was a lot of fun when you were a kid and, and you had three channels on your TV and, and PBS yeah. or whatever. No, th- this is a lot of fun. Um, as I said, I think we're in a time right now when uh, we could stand a little fun, a little smile now and then. Sure. And, and the revelation that Viewmaster is still a going thing kind of made my day in a way. So there we go. Guys, John, thanks for, uh, thanks for oh, coming by and, and thank you. reliving some ka-chunk. Yeah. Chunk. <laughs> right. Well, thank <laughs> you for letting me talk about toys. Here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anytime. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. 
Now, all of our documents and your chance to comment, please do, are available at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. Now, for more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek in Portal 47. Yes, that's me. Hit LarryNimacek.com. Truck well, everybody. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.